Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Metaphysical Milkshake, the show where we go deep, we get weird, and we search for the meaning of life along the way. Presented by Cast Media and Soul Pancake. Hey everybody, it's me, Rain Wilson. And I'm Reza Aslan. And okay, here's something that you don't know about me, Rain. A lot of people don't know this about me. Please don't overshare. I bleed silver and black. I am... A Vulcan? (laughs) That's green blood. Oh, that's green. You nerd. I'm taking away your nerd card right now. <laughs> Boom. I am a diehard, lifelong Oakland Raiders fan. That is astonishing sad. It's sad. Me. It's astonishing. I mean, I don't know if you would look at me and you would think that dude is a Raider fan. Well, I would. it's not even looks. I wouldn't make that by looks. I would make it like you're a PhD in like comparative religions and philosophy Dude, I don't know how thinker, and you're a huge Raiders fan. I don't know how to explain what happens to me on a Sunday when the Raider game is on. I mean, I'm self aware enough to know that something shifts in my psyche. Like I, uh, it's it's almost it's like dopamine almost. Like I see the team on the screen, my heart rate jumps a little bit, my skin kind of tingles. I like to watch while I'm standing. I don't like to sit. I don't like to watch with a group. I actually don't like to watch football because it interferes somewhat. with other people. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's like, it, you know, it's it's like watching uh, the seventh season of Game of Thrones with your father-in-law who's like, uh, <laughs> what's, you know, who's that what's guy? That guy? What is that? <laughs> is that a dragon? What's with the, what's with the dragon? What's with the dragon lady? Uh, I want to just watch it by myself yeah. in my bubble for, for three hours. And, you know, I'm not proud of this but it does it it really affects me i'm gonna say three words to you and i want to see how these three words land las vegas raiders oh my god it's like knives in my skin for those those who don't know they're probably moving to las vegas they are moving to las vegas but you know here's the thing I'm still going to I'm going to bitch about it, but I'm still going <laughs> to follow them. You're I'm so still going to watch the stupid, you know. I'm going to call you Vegas from now on. As soon as they move, I'm going to be like, "Hey Vegas, what's up?" Oh, it's going to kill me. Well, I have a confession to make to you. You probably knew this a little bit more because I'm a little more active about it on social media, but I am a huge, tried and true, diehard Seattle Seahawks fan. There's a lot of other sports teams I like and I have loved through the years, including the Seattle Supersonics, which breaks my heart to even say those words. But um, I went to my first football game when I was 11 or 12 in 1977, 78 to the Kingdome and watched... You know, Jim Zorn and Steve Largent uh, play for the for the Seahawks and watched a bunch of games, then, then ignored sports for 10 or 20 years and have slowly, like, come back around. But I, uh, I got to see the Seahawks crush and kill in the Super Bowl. That was amazing. They beat the Broncos, and um, I got to be there with my son. I got to—he got to experience that in- incredible rush 
So I feel you. Well, I'll tell you, there's two things surprising about what you just said. Number one, that you are a Seahawks fan. And number two, that you think I follow you on social media. <laughs> uh, when you're at that stadium. Doesn't everyone? You're at that stadium, okay? Yeah. It's like 80,000 people yep. going bananas, yep. right? Yep. Everyone's wearing the same clothes. Everyone is chanting the same chants. Yep. Everyone is focused, mind, body, soul, on the same thing. And it can be a very diverse crowd. Yeah. Black and white and brown yeah. and every yeah. color. And, and People who would normally loathe each other yeah. in the real world. But Dif in this stadium, yep. it feels kind of like a religious experience, doesn't it? It does in a way. It is kind of a religious experience. Now, there's a lot to being a sports fan. Apparently, Americans spend $58 billion a year on sporting events. Billion. I completely believe that. So there are some different aspects to being a fan. It can actually have negative effects. Uh, after a loss, fans are more likely to be unproductive and eat unhealthy food. Oh, I can tell you much worse than that. But I will say this. I'm a worse dad on Sunday nights than I am normally. I'm a worse husband. Like wow. I, oh, yeah. You I can track I, that. Well, I, my wife tells me this. My, my wife literally says to me, like, first of all, why do you torture yourself? Why do you, <laughs> you know they're going to lose. Why do you put yourself through it? And that sounds like somebody who doesn't know anything about sports or, frankly, yep. religion. Yeah. Um, uh, because, like, my experience of religion is all about torturing the self. Um but I'm I'm on cloud nine if we win, and I am just depressed if we lose. I'm literally using the word we as though I had anything to do with either the win or the loss. And those Raiders fans, they're kind of, they're crazy beasts. They're known yes, as kind of the, the yes, worst. It's a very ugly, ugly yeah. <laughs> group to be a part of. But, uh, you know, here's my theory. In a world in which we are feeling uh, less spiritually inclined, you know, in which we have less contact with religion in which sort of we're looking for different ways of belonging you know sports is the most obvious way of belonging right i mean it has all similar rituals as you that you find in a in a religion it, yep. similar emotions that you get you know yep. from from religion you can even occasionally have these transcendent yeah. moments yeah. right moments of like profound miracle those are things that I think people yearn for, and sports gives that to you. Which, I, which, by the way, is why what we call sports now, thousands of years ago, used to be called ritual, right? Wow. You know, whether you're talking about Native American uh, games in which, uh, you know, the, the losing team would literally be sacrificed. Although I read recently that they now they think that it wasn't the losing team. It was the winning team. The winning team yes. got their heads cut off and sacrificed to the gods. I read that too. And what I a was way like, to go out. Something, something feels what a way odd to go. about this. Yeah. So it's a fascinating idea, sports as religion. There's so many parallels can we but, get salvation from sports? Yeah, but can we get community from sports? We certainly get that. I mean, when I went to the Seahawks winning the Super Bowl, I had maybe more emotions in that two to three hour span than I've had in most of my life. That would be a top ten emotional experience. So I think I, a lot of people would agree with. That I, I get that. So our guest uh, Gotham Chopra well, is kind of, that name um, sounds familiar. Yeah, I think we both kind of know him a little bit. He co-founded the Religion of Sports, a collective media company with Tom Brady and Michael Ooh. Strahan, and he works a lot with Kobe Bryant, but he believes not only that sports is religion, but that sports is better than religion. So maybe sports will be our salvation. Reza, maybe that's what we need to save our souls, our pathetic little souls is more sports. Let's hear from Gotham. For people listening that don't know this, you are the son of the world-renowned mystic self-help spiritual writer of all time, Deepak <laughs> Chopra. What? I just thought it was a coincidence. Yeah, same last, last name. name no yeah, yeah, one yeah, ever brings yeah. that up. How interesting. <laughs> oh, come on. You have to bring it up. People don't know this, so our listeners need to understand like where you're coming from. So you were, you were suckled at the teat of Deepak <laughs> Chopra's delicious brown breasts. Did he, did he really make you suckle his teeth? No, I... Oh, okay. I because no. I was going to say, this could be, <laughs> be very could dramatic. Be news making right now. <laughs> yeah. But so you grew up with as, um, a spiritual zeitgeist in mind, and yet you were a young uh, 
you know, avid sports fan yeah. growing up in the Boston area. So before we get to the big question, give us a little yeah, background so the, on the back, that. The origin story, so to speak. So I'm first-generation American. You know, I'm the first person in my family to be born outside of India. And I grew up in Boston. You know, my father, contrary to, you know, I think people obviously associate, you know, him now with this movement, you know, over the last 20, 30 years, the New Age movement, the self-help movement. But my father was a immigrant. He was a, he came to this. A doctor. Um, a doctor. He came to this country in the early 70s during the Vietnam War. He worked as a physician first in New Jersey, then in Boston, and was very sort of working class and typical sort of of that generation. We had that sort of immigrant experience growing up. So I was born in 1975 in Boston. So you didn't have a guru experience. You had a no, working class doctor my trying to support a family My experience. dad's transition into, I guess, the world that people associate him with now Gu- happened. Guruhood. Guruhood was when I was a teenager, right? So it was probably like when I was 13, 14 years old, that started to happen. For him, his his own spiritual now persona was precipitated by his personal experience. He was, you know, a miserable physician who called himself a certified drug pusher. You know, he wasn't there to heal people. He was there to pass Mm. out, you know, prescriptions. Do you have his number? (laughs) (laughs) Um, All through that experience, sort of my cultural assimilation as an American was through sports teams. I grew up in Boston. 80s, the Celtics were actually the only really good team. The Red Sox were cursed when you talk about another sort of... Patriots were a joke. Patriots were a complete joke. Um, You know, Bruins always lost to the Canadians in any sort of major um, sport, sporting event or hockey. To me, like, everything that my my dad started to talk about in spiritual traditions when I was a teenager, I experienced through sports. I would go to Fenway Park, you know, as... I don't want to be critical of of my my teams, but so let's just call Fenway Park a sacred site. You know, it yeah. is a cathedral. Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. there's a lot of mythology there. The whole cursed franchise, you know, is something I grew up with. It was a real thing. It wasn't like some sort of metaphor. It was true. Like you went there and you witnessed in 1986. I witnessed, you know, the curse in action. So all of these things, you know, were very real to me. As my dad started to talk about them, I would sort of point to sports and say, well, no, it's it's happening here. Of course, now, like, there's all this science that's catching up with, like, sports and monitoring, you know, um, the zone and flow state and stuff like that. So my dad's sort of increasingly in my realm. But, you know, look, this was also the evolution. This is only like the last five or 10 years. Um, you know, before that, I definitely did go through my rebellious stage, you know, coming out of college and, and doing other stuff. But I think, you know, my perspective growing up you know, with my father is like everything is spiritual. So yeah, that's kind of like was like the formative years for religion of sports and everything I do now, I feel like was sort of conceived during that time. I'm curious what like how your dad would respond when you would come home and be like, I'm telling you, Dad, you know, uh, baseball, it's like it's like what you're talking about. It's like uh, it's faith. It's spiritual. He would just sort of roll his eyes. <laughs> you know, I think it's interesting because now science and technology has caught up a lot. Like, so he's obsessed with things like the zone or flow state and all of that and understanding it. So all of a sudden he's got like sports so for friends. Those, for those listeners, for those couple dozen listeners that don't know what flow or zone state is, is what 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 is that and how does that so a lot of factor you know this? I think like the most common one you hear is from runners runners talk about the runner's high which is this idea of like getting to a certain state you know during athletic performance when actually your pulse goes down you know blood flow increases you lose the experience of time and you are just present in the moment so you talk to a lot of runners i think that's the one that a lot of you know just normal people have experienced Mm -hmm. where like the fatigue sort of goes away and like they just feel like Mm -hmm. very but flow state can happen with artists and musicians yeah exactly the creative divine revelation that's the muse well it sounds like what you're describing to me sounds a little bit like um you know what happens when you're in flight or flight moments you know Mm -hmm. where like your jurassic brain starts to take over and it's Mm -hmm. like i can lift a car Mm -hmm. um but it's happening Almost in a in a controlled way. Yes. So last year we did a story, actually a podcast, on a um, an amateur wrestler. I'm 
Jeff Cannonball Guerrero. Jeff is like one of those guys who is an accountant by day, but then on weekends wrestles in these sort of amateur events and stuff like that. And he's like, like rain. <laughs> yeah. one of those crazy. I don't know if you do what Jeff does. It's like that sort of performance art, crazy wrestling. Like he'll like hammer like a screw into his head, just like do really bizarre stuff. But when you talk to him about why he does it, Jeff will tell you it's like, I'm my true self. I'm my most authentic version of myself when I am in that forum. Mm. Tom Brady will tell you the same thing or Kobe Bryant. Like when I'm out there, you know, doing that thing in front of 80,000 people, half of whom hate me, Seattle fans, mm-hmm. Raiders fans. Yes, thank you. Like I am the best version of myself. I don't have to sort of check any part of myself. And we're talking about from the athlete perspective, there's something about that level of authenticity And that is a spiritual quality. When we are the best version of ourselves, when we are the truest version of ourselves. Operating at our full capacity and kind of fulfilling our purpose on and this not, planet. And not worried about, like, you know, the the haters, not worried. Actually, and this is something that a lot of athletes deal with, is, like, you can get, get caught up, you know, with all the people who are cheering against you or hating you. But you can equally get caught up with all the people who just have, like, this blind devotion to you. That's dangerous. Like, you know, it's, it's sort of walking the middle path, it's sort of staying detached from the criticism. Um, okay, so you're saying sports isn't like religion. It is religion convince us. Yeah, look, sports, in my opinion, is religion because in organized religion, you need to have faith. You have to believe. You have to, you know, subscribe to sort of dogma. In sports, and again, I'm going to actually speak from the fans' perspective as one that I'm much more familiar with, is you have to show up. Like, if you go to a game you become part of a community. It may only last for a couple hours, but like you go to that ex- that event and you become part of a community of people. It's like church. Exactly. I mean, it transcends race, religion, sexuality, lifestyle, socioeconomic class. For those three, four hours when you're sitting at a Seahawks game or a Raiders game or whatever, like, you're not thinking about your political divisions. I'm mostly worried about my life and my safety, yeah, actually. Raiders. Yes, keep going. Raiders yeah. is sort of cult. Raiders are, of yeah, that's more like a cult. It's yeah. more like a death cult. <laughs> but I hear what you're yeah. saying, yes. Being a pet parent is a huge responsibility. We all know this. And since our pets can't talk, we have to do our best to understand what's going on. But it's challenging because knowing something's up with them and their health and really getting to the bottom of what's happening. It's it's one of the greatest challenges of any pet parent. Enter Fuzzy. Let me ask you a question, Rain. Yeah. You ever spend hours Googling how to take care of your pets? I don't know about hours, but I've spent a long time, sure. Yeah, and you've got, I mean, you've got pigs and stuff. That's even more complicated. I just have hamsters. I used to have a bird and a dog. And I mean, I'm constantly having to Google stuff like, why is my dog sneezing all the time? And... What happens when your dog constantly eats his poop? What's great about Fuzzy is you can skip crowdsourcing recommendations from, you know, all the forums and social media that you go through with a trial and error, and you can get answers immediately. Fuzzy is a telehealth service for pet parents that offers 24-7 access to personalized pet care from veterinary professionals. From everyday questions to middle-of-the-night emergencies, Fuzzy has the answers pet parents need through live chat and virtual vet consultations available to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Fuzzy can answer your pet questions big and small, urgent and every day. Fuzzy can also recommend the exact right products for your pet, all of which are handpicked by their established team of veterinary professionals and available at discounts. Hello, discounts exclusive to Fuzzy members. From getting your pet's diet just right to meeting their middle-of-the-night needs to finally figuring out what makes their breath smell that way, i.e. poop eating, nothing is too big or too small for a quick, fuzzy call. Right now, Fuzzy is offering our Metaphysical Milkshake listeners a free seven-day trial membership. All you got to do is go to yourfuzzy.com slash meta to sign up. That's a free seven-day trial at Y-O-U-R-F-U-Z-Z-Y.com, yourfuzzy.com slash meta. And for a limited time, Fuzzy is also offering a special discount of 20 bucks off any of your pet's product needs. That's pet meds, supplements, food, whatever. All you got to do is use the promo code META, M-E-T-A. That's yourfuzzy.com slash meta for your free trial of Fuzzy with access to 24-7 personalized pet care and vet-recommended products. Folks, kick off 2022 with a better checking account with no monthly fees. Chime. 
Chime is an award-winning app and debit card that has no overdraft fees, foreign transaction fees, monthly fees, or service fees. With over 60,000 fee-free in-network ATMs at many locations like Walgreens, 7-Eleven, CVS, you can access your money when you need it, where you need it. You can also send money to anyone, even if they aren't on Chime. Fee-free for you and no cash-out fees for them. Make your first good decision of the year and join over 10 million people using Chime. Sign up takes only two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score. You can get started at chime.com slash milkshake. That's chime.com slash milkshake. And usually Rain, the actor, does this part, but I'm going to show off myself. Here we go. <clears throat> You're not going to let me do the fast no, the rapid talking? <sighs> Here we go. <clears throat> Banking services provided by and debit card issued by the Bancorp Bank of... Oh, oh, you suck. That was Fine, terrible. you do it. Banking services provided by and debit card issued by the Bank Corp Bank or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Get fee-free transactions at any MoneyPass ATM in a 7-Eleven location at any AllPoint or Visa Plus Alliance ATM. Otherwise, out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Sometimes pay anyone instant transfers can be delayed. The recipient must use a valid debit card or be a Chime member to claim funds. We witness, right? We we talk about miracles and they're part of our mythology and, and scripture and religious traditions. We witness them oh, yeah. in sports, like, right? Like things that sh- should not happen, cannot happen, have no statistical likelihood of happening, happen right in front of us. Yeah. And and so, so like, we're witnessing miracles. We're witnessing Catch the miracle on. We're ice. watching Jesus walk on the water or transform. So, I know we're going to get into this. Our athletes, gods, and stuff. And I that's something that makes me a little uncomfortable talking about them. Well, I think gods are priests. Yeah. So yes, if we shamans, sort of really, this is probably right for them to actually pull that apart. But traditionally, we think of gods as like these perfect beings, right? And I think that is a very dangerous place to go, in particular with a lot of athletes. You know, and I've worked with a lot of them. I mean, they may do incredible mythical things on the basketball court or, you know, on the football pitch, soccer pitch, etc. But, you know, outside of that, they're very human. What oftentimes these athletes do and what we get to witness and, and actually participate in is pretty incredible. So maybe not gods, but demigods. Demigods? demigods? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, to me, this, like, sort of cements the the idea that sports is religion. I mean, the level of idolatry in in mm-hmm. sports, you know, and then, of course, fallen gods, you know, antichrists, antiheroes, all of these sort of metaphors truly exist in sports. But there are other aspects of religion that I don't see the metaphor carrying. Just curious. Yeah, salvation. What, afterlife, sin. God. Is there sin in moral like Morality. A, yeah. What about, like, sin? Well, look, I actually, to me, like this even proves the theory more, right? Of course there's sin. Of course there's corruption. Of course there's scandal. Deflate gate. You don't deflate the footballs. It breaks the rules. You don't work with the trainer and then, oh, I lost my cell phone. You don't uh, fumble the fallacy and have the Raiders recover it and then just simply say, you know what? Never mind. Let's invent something. Called oh, like the tuck rule. God like, damn it, Tom Brady. I mean, this is like the growth of religion has been about <laughs> rewriting the rules, right? Um, is there sin? Absolutely, right? Like there's cheating. I mean, there is mm-hmm. cheating in sports, mm-hmm. right? We see it all the time. And that is a form of corruption. Salvation, redemption. Yeah, you're right. I mean, all of those things. You've said that It's not just that sports is a religion. It's better than actual religion. It's active, like, right? Like every weekend, every night, actually, it's revealing itself. Like we witness these amazing stories, these inspiring stories. They ask us to sort of question our beliefs. Like organized religion, in my opinion, requires a level of blind faith. You just have to believe. Like, you can't really... But don't you just have to believe that the Seahawks are the greatest team or the Raiders are the greatest team or the Patriots are the greatest team? There is a leap of faith that you make there. Yeah, but then you go to those games. I mean, I've been a Patriots fan for 20 years, so it has sort of reaffirmed my faith. But it also, you question things. Things happen. It's an active faith. It's an active process. But that's how faith works for a Christian or a Muslim, too. I think that... 
faith is changeable in that way. Like terrible things. Ha- I know so many people of faith where terrible things happen in their life. Their daughter has got brain cancer. I know this guy and he really, it really challenged his faith to his core. Like, can there be God? Can there be Jesus? Can there be salvation or redemption when this has happened to me? It feels personal. Um, and so there's, there's years of wrestling with uh, whether these things are true or not. Yeah, and I, I don't want to be critical, especially when you bring up an experience. If somebody's faith got them through a situation like that, then it deserves tremendous admiration and praise, right? If if something like that gets you through, if your faith gets you through such a difficult life-questioning challenge. I think, though, and I especially you know, think... in terms of the times we live in and just how divisive everything is, sports is actually a really interesting um, incubator where you can find like living, breathing, evolving principles. I think we live in a time where increasingly we're questioning all of these things around organized religion and and science and cosmology is is forcing us to question some mm-hmm. of these things that we've held on to for millennia. And meanwhile, like in the sports realm, like we can participate in things. We can see a lot of these inspiring stories, again, just far away from, because, you know, there's a business to sports that we can't, not unlike the Catholic Church, for example. <laughs> um, but I think there's something at the community level mm. that is really inspiring that you can touch and you can feel. You know um, where I felt that the most recently was the U.S. women's national soccer team, mm-hmm. where... It's the Me Too kind of age, and there's been this wonderful uprising of women's voices and women's rights and, you know, questioning these horrible ways that women have been subjugated in the workplace and whatnot over the over the centuries. And that at the same time, here's this women's soccer team. They're exciting, charismatic figures. And all of these girls, millions of young girls across America have been growing up playing soccer, you know, from when they were 6, 8, 10. Everyone I know who has girls that could play soccer religiously using air quotes they're playing soccer religiously and here are these heroes stepping on the stage and there was a national kind of galvanizing of passion and exuberance uh that was really wonderfully unifying yeah inspiring this is i mean this is part of that whole notion of sport it goes back to the olympics right the the idea that the the olympics were events that you did as an act of worship as an act of sacrifice to the gods you know specifically to apollo etc but that notion of um, sport and identity in the way that it that it matches um, how we identify ourselves yeah. the way that it blends into our national identity i mean i think it's really in america we sort of rank our sports uh, in terms of, you know, importance right. and value, kind of in the same way that we rank uh, our religions. Like to me, uh, Christianity is baseball, right? Mm-hmm. It's like quintessentially American and it's mostly for white people. <laughs> um, like Judaism is like soccer. Like we all get it more or less. Some of us are fans, some sure. not so much, you know. Like the World Cup is like Hanukkah, you know, even if we're not crazy <laughs> about it. Like we'll we'll still watch. I'm just waiting to see we'll how, how far it. this in the, So you know I can what? Analogy can can go. No, you know what that makes the Baha'i faith? <laughs> curling. <laughs> the Baha'i faith is curling. <laughs> exactly. Uh, to me, like Islam is like tennis, like it's an acquired taste. Uh-huh. You know, uh, and then Hinduism for me is like cricket because no one knows what the fuck is going on. What is what is this? What is happening? But we do that, right? We 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 rank sports here. Is this a global phenomenon or is this mostly an American? No, actually, I mean, I think. America has sort of popularized this thing and it's sort of like, you know, pushed the boundaries. But I think like when you look at foot, soccer or football, um, you look at cricket, you look at some of these sports that are hugely popular around the world and have so much sort of depth to them and, and have so much sort of history and richness and express themselves in so many different ways. I mean, soccer is the ultimate expression of the religion of sports in terms of its many, totally. many, many, many yeah. endless denominations, you know, mm. across the planet. And that, you know, from the biggest pitches, like, so, you know, FC Barcelona versus Real Madrid is probably the biggest rivalry in the world. And part of its rivalry is because of the politics of, of faith. You know, it is 
two sort of quintessential faiths battling themselves out. But then you look at like the most rural places on the planet where there's soccer pitches. I mean, there are these places in Buddhist monasteries in Tibet where, you know, the soccer pitch is the sort of hallowed ground. Do we then even need religion anymore if we have sports? Like, we're, I mean, we are as a as a as Is the a answer more sports then? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what? I think, look, I think there's aspects and there's wisdom contained in sports that we can, we can mine and that can help us live more meaningful and fulfilling lives. So statistically, you're starting to see fewer and fewer people of, you know, the millennial generation and younger who subscribe to traditional faith, who consider themselves religious. And yet, there's an increased hunger for spirituality, a search for meaning and purpose and alternative ways of understanding. So, look, I think the I think sports is a forum and it's not the only one. I think, you know, you see it in arts, you see it in music, you see people finding aspects and sort of mining that wisdom. So I do think sports is that place. I think we will continue to see the slow, I don't want to call it disintegration of organized faith, but it just doesn't have the answers that I think a lot of people are searching for. Let's not forget that many people would say, well, wife beatings go up in local communities when that football team has lost Mm -hmm. that day. There are dark sides to this. There are fans that are pummeled to death in the Dodger Stadium parking lot. Like, you know, my wife can't hardly watch football because it's just so violent. And she really ascribes that it is bringing out kind of some of the worst, most warlike natures of us. For so, our entertainment. I mean, that's right. the There's creepy a little bit yeah. of the gladiator. That, yeah, you know, yeah. And, 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 and I think that's, look, I would also say, because I like the, you know, one of the things is this article that recently came out about um, Muhammad Salah, the yeah. football player mm. for, he's Egyptian, he's Muslim, uh, he plays for Liverpool. And there was an actual statistic that saw over the last year where he, I think, you know, was probably the most popular player in the Premier League, the hate crimes, you know, anti-Muslim crimes went down in Liverpool, working class England, during the past year. Because this guy, you know, sort of broke all of those sort of conventions. Today's episode is brought to you by Hewell, my favorite nutritionally complete food. Every Hewell meal contains the 27 essential vitamins and minerals, protein, healthy fats, and fiber I need in a single meal. And right now, let me tell you, Rain, I am loving their macaroni and cheese. Now, mac and cheese is one of my all-time favorite meals. It's everyone's all-time favorite meal. And Huel's mac and cheese tops that list. It has all the nutrients my body needs, 27 essential vitamins and minerals, and is only 400 calories per serving. And it has 25 grams of plant-based protein. I'm getting more protein than four eggs, all the vitamin C of an orange, more calcium than a yogurt, more potassium than a banana, and one bowl of Huel mac and cheese. Wow. It only takes five minutes to make for lunch, You just add hot water. You can make it in the free on-the-go pot they give you with your first order. You can take it wherever. Reza, it's like they've made this super healthy fast food. Hmm. Everyone needs Huel mac and cheese in their life, especially if you're super busy. And a mac and cheese lover like me, it is so delicious and creamy. Oh, you won't be able to tell that it's plant-based. And you know what? Huel has a whole range of other meals that are perfectly balanced with all the nutrients your body needs. They've got a bunch of flavors like Mexican chili, mm, Thai green curry. Again, all of them nutritionally complete and made in five minutes or less. Plus, I love how easy it is to work Huel into my routine, keeping me happier and healthier no matter how busy I am. You got to try it. We're partnering with Huel to give all my listeners a free t-shirt, a free on-the-go pot, and free shipping with your first order. Go to Huel.com slash milkshake to take advantage of this offer. Supporting my sponsors helps me make this show for you, dear listeners. So show Huel some love. Claim your free t-shirt, free on-the-go pot, free shipping with your first order at Huel.com slash milkshake. Huel, H-U-E-L dot com slash milkshake. Folks, let's get real, Okay. I think we can all probably up our fruit and veggie game. Mm. It's hard. I keep track getting, eating all the veggies, so much kale. I've eaten so much kale. This year, I want to change that. I want to up my game. That's why I'm keeping my freezer stocked with Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest is the easiest way to get more fruits and veggies in my life every day. They have my back with delicious food that is good for me and good for the planet. 
Daily Harvest delivers delicious harvest bowls, flatbreads, smoothies, and more, all built on organic fruits and vegetables right to your door, and it conveniently stays very, very fresh right in your freezer. We're so obsessed with it. My wife eats like Daily Harvest every day. She's ordered so much Daily Harvest, there's no more room in our freezer for literally anything else. It's full of like, it's, we got the broccoli and cheese harvest bowl. We love that one. The the uh, tomato and zucchini minestrone soup. The mm. They got this like banana ice cream thing. They got like these. Okay, okay, fake- we get the idea. Listen, Daily okay. Harvest takes literally <laughs> minutes to prepare and never uses preservatives, added sugar, or artificial anything. And that goes for everything. So many delicious options for every time of the day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack, or dessert, as Reza is going on about. Daily Harvest has you covered. Daily Harvest is all about preserving and protecting the earth for current and future generations to come. Daily Harvest also makes it easy to feel good about what you're doing for yourself. So go to dailyharvest.com slash milkshake and you can get up to $40 off your first box. That's dailyharvest.com slash milkshake for up to $40 off your first box. Dailyharvest.com slash milkshake. Your household too can have fights over who gets the Daily Harvest dessert. So how does sports fandom differ from other kind of fandoms that also have like a spiritual or religious significance? Um, Is K-pop, you know, is that a religion? Star Wars, you know, the comic book geek Marvel culture? I mean, each of them has totems. They've got practices. And literally, the fans of K-pop stars call them idols. Oh, my son's dyed his hair. He is now one because of his fascination with K-pop. Oh, yeah. In order to be a religion, there has to be a, a depth and a mythology and a history to it. And that's why I think sports qualifies. I think music does. I think... K-pop, I'm not steeped well enough to know necessarily is K-pop so a phenomena. Is, your son is going to rebel against you just like you yeah, did exactly. against uh, your dad, yeah. and he's going to be he's going to write about the the, the of spirituality K-pop. of K-pop. <laughs> you're like these kids, I don't understand this. You know, I would say even within the realm of sports, like you're seeing like esports, like this fascinating. Yeah phenomena but this is how all religions start right as like this sort of cult like with this following with people are like no way that doesn't make any sense i don't get that like that's certainly that makes no sense this is a fad mm-hmm. and then lo and behold this is how you know ufc started if we were having this conversation five ten years oh, yeah, ago i'd be like that. man yeah. that's some crazy shit like yeah. nobody that's just for yeah. freaks like you know club shit. Yeah. yeah and now you know Huge. it's a multi-billion dollar industry it's carried on espn yeah it's a you know it's a real sport and it's a corporation you know yeah. and so like i think these things evolve over time and they evolve rapidly now so can sports save us and if so how I think there are aspects of sports that can save us. I'm looking at Tom Brady or Steph Curry, and I'm saying, what can I learn from you and your performing at the highest level and having that sort of spiritual experience and apply to my own life? Tom will tell you, like, he talks a lot about, like, his mental energy and how he channels all of his mental energy towards the two things that are most important to him, his family and his football, and everything else is a distraction. And I'm like, hey, well, why don't I do that? Like, I need to do more of that in my life. And I think those are sort of principles that we can learn. And then you go back to the fan experience. I think, like, why is it that I can go to a game and for three or four hours, like, I can just commune with everyone else in that stadium? Like, I can, we can resonate on a on a limbic level. I'm going to get hippy-dippy and I'm going to say that uh, there's this book I've been reading, Team Human by Douglas Rushkoff. That's what we need to learn from sports. We're all one team, guys. We're all really one team. We're humans on a planet, and there's 8 billion of us almost. And can we root for each other and cheer each other on and strive for our best and and work together? I know it sounds hippy-dippy, airy-fairy, but there's something to that. So, lightning round. Lightning round. Describe your soul in 10 words or less. Not a Yankees fan. (laughs) (laughs) What's one thing you know for sure? My 12-year-old son, who's soon to be, you know, bigger than me. I mean, that is the one true relationship I have in my... Like, my wife may not love that answer, but it's it's pure. And then finally, what is your life's big question? Why are we here? What is our purpose? 
Does God exist? That's three, but three big questions. <laughs> I Those mean, are they're good. All kind of wrapped into one. Gotham Chopra, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, this was really mind expansive. I'm definitely never looking at sports the same again. And I'm never looking at Tom Brady, period. <laughs> You're amongst the converted now. Well, that was super fascinating. I love Gotham. Great guy. Great guy. You you started out this episode a little bit skeptical about his whole point of uh, sports being yeah. a religion. And not just being a religion, I but did. being better than religion. I started a little skeptical. And you know what? I'm way more skeptical right now. I'm skeptical. I don't think the um, I don't think it answers so many of the questions of what religion uh, answers. I don't think it it goes there. I mean, there's there's morality, there's death, there's the purpose of life. You know, if sports is the religion, what's the purpose? To compete, to simply gather and watch competition. I mean, there's an aspect of sports that brings out the worst in humanity. Think about bread and circus in the Roman times, about, you know, gladiator fights and, and, the, and the boat races and chariot races and stuff like that. Like, there's something bloodthirsty about it. Um, it's a, it, it, the mass of humanity. There's, there's not that much difference between a, a rally at Nuremberg and a football game. You know what I mean? Like, there, the, the analogy falls apart, I think, when you really look at it. Sorry. Well, I don't know. I mean, you kind of... <laughs> <laughs> describing religion there with the the violence and the hatred and the does it have a purpose look I, I hear you I mean I think look the can sports save us right uh, and I guess the answer is yes if what you mean is if you've lost any hope in religion then it makes sense right like the idea that yep. sports is religion only works is if you loathe religion, right? If you're basically saying we want to remove religion from society and replace it with something else, sports is a pretty good one, I guess, because it gives you some of the same stuff. But yeah, I mean, is it about existential questions, moral choices? I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel... But at the same time, I'm now being forced to kind of uh, look at myself and the way that I react to sports especially to the to the raiders you know yep. like i mean mm -hmm. I, I i feel like i certainly spend uh, as much time performing exegesis on like articles written about you know raiders training camp and what like yep. <laughs> what like the tight end depth is going to be <laughs> depth chart is i do the same thing with the seahawks yeah, I, I do that more than i read any scripture that's for sure I do like looking for meaning in everything that we do, and I love the idea of the great time when you have a sporting event, and it's a diverse crowd. It's black, white, and brown, and rich and poor, and everyone together with a, a commonality of purpose, celebrating with one another. Um, there's a transcendent energy that rises above the stadium. There's some truly beautiful things to be celebrated about sport. Look, I like this. I like ending an episode with both of us kind of not sure. Maybe this is where we need the listeners. All right. Okay. You guys, you okay. listeners out there, uh, it's time for you to, to save us. Okay. So you tell us. We don't know. Have you ever had a truly transcendent moment uh, in sports? I mean, I don't mean like excitement because your team won. I mean something that made you feel like you were out of your body, that you were part of a larger m movement and identity. Connected to the cosmos itself. Hey, milkshakers. As usual, when you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, you get to come on our show and ask us your life's big question. And today, we've got John from California, who left us a lovely review, and we're bringing him on. Hello, John. Welcome to Metaphysical Milkshake. Thank you. So, John, what's your uh, what's your question for us? No, I'm just I'm just thinking about sports and how it has such a long history in all cultures. And given it's Super Bowl week here in LA, I was wondering why you think people are are so into it and get so dedicated to a single team. Oh, the topic wow. of this week's episode aligning with the uh, the guest mm -hmm. that never happens. Uh, that's true. Uh, Gotham Chopra. 
um, is a interview that we recorded uh, recently, and he's all about sports is the new religion. It has all the aspects. It has everything people are looking for in a religion. It has, you know, uh, <clears throat> transcendent quality. It has the ability to bring people together of different backgrounds. It has um, a community, shared interest, um, uh, excitement. Well, I mean, it also has, I think most importantly, that the sort of notion of collective identity, right? Community, yeah. you know, it's... And I think that that to me is is where it really uh, has that kind of existential quality, as we were just talking about. You know, I mean, we've already talked about how Wayne and I are big sports. Are you a sports fan? Yeah, yeah. John? I mean, I'm, or uh, just not- Rain, probably similar to you. Maybe I'm. A, I'm from Seattle, and I went to the UW, so I'm a, a longtime Seahawk fan. <laughs> so I'm a I'm a re- reborn, Ram, reborn Rams fan now, yeah. though. So. <laughs> wait, wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait! No, 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 no. That's that's not how it works. <laughs> John, <laughs> that's not how well, it was, works. You grew up in oh, Seattle. You're a Seahawks fan. You don't move to LA well, and like, oh, everyone else. I moved else to Seattle from LA, so I was Rams. a Rams fan first. So it's fair. <laughs> okay, okay, well, you are fine. forgiven. Fine, you are fine, forgiven, fine. just like the priest forgives his flock. You see, you see yeah, how that works. But uh, you know, as we were as we were just discussing, um, you know, with with Gotham, it, it's there's there's something about sports that gives us that that sense of tribal belonging that we just don't have as much anymore, right? Like as a nation, the, the concept of like a, a national identity. I mean, we're so divided. We're so polarized. Uh, you know, it's hard to say with any kind of seriousness that like, oh yes, we're all Americans and we all bond in that American sense. Uh, you know, racially, ethnically, like th- those kinds of you know, old markers of identity just don't don't do it for us anymore. And so, in many ways, like sports has become the primary way <laughs> in which we find a sense of community and belonging and a common language and a common way of kind of identifying ourselves. And we all sing the same songs and chant the same, you know, chants and wear the same colors and and perform the same rituals. And as we discussed, think, you know, don't you the, think Reza that game, there is uh, humans are we're tribal creatures uh, fundamentally and mm-hmm. there's kind of healthy tribalism and there's unhealthy tribalism as witnessed in contemporary partisan politics. Um, but uh, sometimes sports can be the very best of human tribes. Like we're diverse and we're cheering on the underdogs and we're rooting for the human stories and we're coming together in support of you know, people uh, on a on a mission, and it, there's some. It can be really elating and really beautiful, but it can also result in guys getting beaten to death in parking <laughs> lots. And we go yeah. to our worst tribal uh, instincts. Yeah. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, no, I think it's very true. You know, especially football. They've equivalented it to war in the past too, and kind of win together, lose together. But but in different yeah. cultures or different sports, you know, you got to fight in the trenches. Canada or soccer in Europe or whatever, right? So it's it's crazy. Well, hockey's perfect because they can just stop the game and just get into a fist fight. Can you imagine if that was the case in every oh. sport, like in curling, they just stopped and just started pummeling each other and the refs kind of like kept everyone else back and let them like hammer it out and then said, okay, continue. You can continue rolling those little ice That's balls around. Funny. I'm, I'm, I got to be honest with you. I'm torn. I'm torn here because uh, the Bengals beat the Chiefs. And as a lifelong Raiders fan, as listeners know, I will be forever grateful to the Bengals. Forever. Uh, then again, the Bengals also beat the Raiders. So, little tough. Rams, I, I couldn't give a shit about the NFC. I've never cared about the NFC. Seahawks, fuck you guys. Hey, be nice. Uh, you know, <laughs> hey, I don't really hey. care. But... But LA, you gotta you gotta root for the home team. The Super Bowl's at home, oh. so I don't know. I'm torn. Oh, the new it's stadium, it's great for the city. Yeah, no, I, I hope it's a great game too. But it's gonna oh, be yeah. an exciting week here. Yep. Another interesting thing about sports is I heard this fantastic interview with Noam Chomsky, and he realized that he thought that Americans had a much greater capacity for a deep 
political understanding and passion when he was listening to sports talk radio because there would be all these callers in on AM radio stations talking about earned run averages and percentages and trades from 10 years ago and salary <laughs> caps. And like the average sports fan's knowledge of sports, like <laughs> yeah. my knowledge of NFL players is, is pretty staggering. I could probably name hundreds of players in yeah. this league. And and Chomsky was like, well, if 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 contemporary Americans can know that much about sports, then they can learn to be that passionate and that detailed uh, about their uh, political ideas. Meh. So. <laughs> Meh. Maybe, maybe if like Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell, like uh, you know, tack- like fought each other, like NHL style. ring, yeah, sumo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who are you rooting for, Rain? For me, I guess I, I don't know who I'm rooting for. I guess I got to root for the Rams. I have a lot of friends that are Rams fans, but at the same time, wow, that would the Bengals taking the Super Bowl? That would be, that would be historic. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be that fun. would be a lot of fun. Just be a good so, game, right? I'm just a fan <laughs> of the game, and uh, and just wondering where Russell Wilson is going to end up next. Yeah, year. we'll see. Maybe the Raiders. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. Thanks for coming on, John. No, thanks for having me, guys. Have a wonderful day. Folks, if you've got a question for us, it's very easy. All you got to do is rate and review us. Ask your question on Apple Podcasts. And uh, who knows? We might have you on and you can ask us yourselves. So hit us up on Twitter. Or Instagram. I guess so. At Reza Aslan, at Rain Wilson, hashtag metaphysical. And even though I hate Twitter, we love our listeners. So write us, please, and tell us what you think. And uh, you can send us pictures of you in your most kind of bananas sports moment, if you like. Maybe you'll find a picture of renowned scholar Reza Aslan ignoring his family and screaming at the TV at the Oakland Raiders on a, on a Sunday. We'll catch you next week. Metaphysical Milkshake is executive produced by Rain Wilson, Reza Aslan, and Colin Thompson. It is produced by Safa Samazadeh Yazd, Harris Lane, Mick DeMaria, Hashem Self, and DJ Lubel. Cast Media is the production and distribution partner. Original music by Jeff Tang. This has been Metaphysical Milkshake, presented by Luminary Media and Soul Pancake. Metaphysical Milkshake is executive produced by Rain Wilson, Reza Aslan, Golriz Lucina, and Dariush Buzuela Nothaft of Soul Pancake. Hashem Self is the head of production. Metaphysical Milkshake is produced by Amy S. Choi and Rebecca Lehrer of the Mashup Americans. Associate producers are Jocelyn Gonzalez, Lindsay Cradwell, Sarah Pellegrini, Mary Phillips Sandy, and Shelby Sandlin. So, you know, me and Gotham and Rain, the three of us, a long time ago, got to spend an entire afternoon at Bad Robot talking to J.J. Abrams about the spirituality of Star Wars, which means that whatever else, dear listener, you do in your life, you will never, ever be as cool as us. (laughs) That is really not where I thought you were going to go.